0: Who here has ever been discouraged? Oh, don't be pointing back there. He's pointing at you. Wow. Pretty much all have been discouraged, right? Discouragement is is something that happens. Maybe you're frustrated with the hand that you've been dealt. Maybe you're not sure how to come out on top. Maybe. You have a reason for discouragement. A few years back when I was going to seminary there in Abilene, I was discouraged with school. I had a very limited budget, and school was three hours away. And I had to drive every week, at least one day, sometimes two, and I I tried to plan my classes to where they would start 8 o'clock in the morning, and it would be one day a week, I'd go from 8 o'clock in the morning until about 7 o'clock in the evening to get all my classes done. But the issue would always come up here in the wintertime that I would have to leave at 4.30 in the morning to go to school. And they weren't making the call to cancel school until 7.45. And so here I am driving three hours in the ice and the snow just to get there and then say, oh, go home. We're not having class this morning. And I would find myself discouraged pretty regularly. But discouragement can strike at any time, any place, anyone. We can find ourselves discouraged. We can find ourselves struggling and trying to find out what it is that we need to do next. And not even knowing where to turn. Not even knowing what the next step is. And last week, we left off in our series on Elijah, the faith, fire, and frustration. With Elijah tucking in his cloak and running 20 some odd miles in front of the chariot and beating it
1: into town. I mean,
0: we've had some pretty high points for Elijah so far. He's defeated the prophets of Baal on top of the mountain. He's called fire down from heaven. He's had all those prophets killed and and, and done away with. They've been destroyed. And then he says, rain's coming. It's been drought for three and a half years. There's been no rain in Israel. He says, rain's coming. And he prays and prays and prays. And then one afternoon, so much rain comes that... It's money that the chariot's going to get stuck. This is some major, major exciting times. And then, we come to our text this morning. And then we see something else from Elijah. And there in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 1, we find our text. It says, Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, may the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there, but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough. Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel told him, Get up and eat. Then he looked, and there was his head was a, a loaf of baked bread over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. And he said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank. Then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave there and spent the night. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel in the words that I speak to yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said. You know, after the mountain, there is always the valley. It's just a fact of life. If you go up on the mountain, at some point you have to come down. At some point, if you're going back home, if you're going anywhere else, you have to come down into the valley. You cannot stay on top of the mountain. We've talked about that before. We've talked about the fact that we cannot remain on the mountain. We live in the valleys. But, you know, the truth is discouragement is quick to come on the heels of victory. Have you ever noticed that the devil begins to strike you harder after you have a victory? After something great happens, after you are majorly blessed, the devil begins to attack. The devil begins to try to do everything he can do to bring you down. He does not want you to feel victorious for too long. The valley will always come. It's always going to be there. And when you look at Elijah's story, it's a crazy story. He's done all these great things. He's done all of this stuff. Man, he should be on the top of the world. And then, Jezebel sends him a message. May the gods deal with me ever so severely if I do not make your life as one of them by tomorrow. Elijah had just proved that her gods aren't gods. He just proved that. Her her oath, the thing that she swore, she swore by her gods. Not by his God. By her gods. The gods that he had just proved did not do what they promised they would do. But yet Elijah is still fearful and discouraged. He's still upset. He's still just to the point where he does not know what to do. The trick here is she still believed. She still believed that her gods were gods. You know, one of the greatest threats to joy in victory is the knowledge of someone else's faith in in something else. If someone else believes in something strongly enough that wants to stand against your faith, it can rob you of joy very quickly. Because all of a sudden, you know that there is nothing that's going to change what they are doing. There are some battles that you feel like you just cannot win. When someone has something that they believe so deeply, nothing will change their mind. I I have friends across the country. And I have a friend up in the northwest who I can't even talk to her anymore. Because... She is has her mind set on the fact that the Bible cannot be true. And there's nothing you can say or do that's going to change her mind. So every conversation we would have, she would always try to pick apart anything that I would say, which I was fine with for a while until God impressed upon me that she's not asking because she wants to know. She's asking because the devil wants to use her to tear you down. She's asking because the devil wants to keep you busy over here when you need to be doing this over here. Because when someone has their heels dug in, sometimes you're not going to change their mind. You're not going to change what they think. And that can rob you of your joy. You know, true faith and trust in something or someone as truth requires vulnerability in our interaction. Now, I'm going to say this and you're going to look at me and say, we're going to fire you today. Um, (laughs) If we're going to truly witness to someone about the greatness and the saving power of Jesus, I have to be vulnerable enough in my conversation with them that they understand that I'm willing to change my mind if they can prove me that I'm wrong. Now here's the deal. I know that God is true. And if what you believe is truth, in the end it's going to come out as truth. And you would want to be believing what is truth. And so when we go into someone and we say, well, I know what I believe and this is the fact. And I'm going to listen to anything that you say. You have cut off any lines of communication. When we walk into someone and we say, okay, here's what I think. Tell me what you think. And we come in there genuinely knowing and putting ourselves in a vulnerable spot. And that's a hard thing to do. I'll admit it. It's hard to be vulnerable. Because when you know what the truth is, we have a tendency to want to go and just stop. But Jesus always talks about our relationship with Him as a journey. We're to always be learning and changing and moving. His truth remains the same. It's never going to change. And as long as we trust in that, we can be as vulnerable as we want to be. Because God's truth will always be truth. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. And no one will be able to change that. If we believe in something strongly enough, His truth, we have to be willing to test it and allow it to be tested. We're going to at that a bit next week, so I'm going to drop it for now. Write that down in your notes so you'll know the next week we're coming back. Because here Elijah is in the valley, right? I mean, he leaves. He gets scared. He runs out in the wilderness. He tells his servant stay here. And then he goes out. He lays down under the tree and he said I'm done! That's what he says, right? And in my Bible, there's an exclamation
1: point. So I know he laid down and he went, God, I'm done!
0: I can't do it anymore! Take me home! Let me die! Because I'm no better than one of my fathers! Just let me die! God, I'm sick of it! I'm sick of having to do this! The man had just had the greatest accomplishments of his entire ministry. But he's ready to die. I'm done. Can't do it. I don't want to do it anymore. You ever been there? You ever been to that spot where you're just going, I'm done. I can't. I physically can't anymore. I can't. I don't know what to do. God, just just let me out. Just let me be finished. Because if I'm not finished, I've got nowhere else to go. But God doesn't say anything to Elijah. Instead, he sends an angel with some bread. That's why I think Keto's wrong bread. He sends, bread. Bread. He sends some bread and some water, hot bread. Hot bread. You ever smell hot bread baking in the oven? hot bread on the stones and he says, Elijah, get up and eat. So Elijah gets up and he eats and he goes back to sleep. And then a little while later, sleeps a little while, wakes back up and the angel says, get up and eat or you won't have enough strength to go. And he gets up and eats more bread and drinks more water. And then he goes. You know, God doesn't give up on us even when we've given up on ourselves. Elijah had given up done I've been there I was in a church once and there we were seeing great things from God people were were coming and they were getting saved and I had one person tell me if God sent you here for nobody else, it was for me. He said, my wife has been working on me my plan has working on me for 25 years and I never really heard the gospel until you put it into words for me. Man, God was moving. And then there was a church plant in a little bitty town that went around and, and, and really focused on every young couple in town and drew, drew them all away and This one guy, though, this one guy had looked at me and he had said, Brother Troy, I don't belong up there. I belong in that church where you were at. I'm like, okay. Okay. And we struggled, but but I was good. And then we went on vacation. And while we were on vacation, I got on Facebook. The devil's instrument. (laughs) I got on Facebook and on there I saw a picture of this man working to build that church and I knew in that moment and you can ask Carrie I looked at her and I said I'm done with tears in my eyes I said I'm done I'm not just done with that church. I'm done with ministry. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I am done. I was so done. We were vacationing in Lake Worth at a, at a little Airbnb house, a little cottage on the lake. And it was me and Carrie and Shiloh. Micah wasn't born yet. And I bought a Star-Telegram and I started looking for jobs. <laughs> I was dumb. And then God began to whisper into my spirit. God began to tell me of things that He was doing and things that had to be done. And, And I said, I'll give it six more months. And then six months became six more months. And then we said, because then then at that point, Carrie said, I'm done! (laughs) And I said, we can't yet, Carrie. She said, you were done a year ago. I know, it's not time. I said, let's give it a year. And we just kept doing that over and over and over again because of this one stuff. There are times when one person can pull you down. There are times when one event can make you feel like you can't do anything. And when that happens, God doesn't give up on you when you've given up on yourself. God doesn't say, well, if you're done, I'm done. for you to do so I need you to get up and eat I need you to get up and eat because there's something I'm going to teach you and there's something I need you to do get ready Elijah and so he didn't give up and when when you were in that spot God's not going to give up on you
1: when you're down
0: and out and you can't figure out what the next thing is when you don't know where to go, and when you don't know what it is that you're wanting to do God's not going to look at you and say well too bad He's going to say get up eat I've got more for you He's not going to give up He's not going to tell you you're on your own. He's not going to tell you just to to keep on muscling through it. He takes care of our needs in the midst of the ongoing storm. When we're weak, He is strong. And so He came to Elijah and He said all these things. And the thing about it is, when the going gets tough, the faithful follow God. Now, the tough may just get going, but Elijah couldn't. Elijah was done. Elijah was done. I'm finished. The most that Elijah could do was wake up and eat. You ever been there? Elijah here is a, is a textbook example of depression. Clinical depression at this point. There's no doubt about it. He can't get up. He's done. He went as far as he could go. He put every pushed everybody away. And he said, I don't want to do this on my own. And he said, oh, I'm done. Elijah wasn't tough wasn't tough. He was done. He looked tough. Man, last chapter, that man looked tough. He looked up 200 men and he said, come on, boys! Get to it! Call louder! Maybe your God's in the bathroom because you know He's a God. Get it done! Come on! Man, he looked tough. But now we see this and we know it wasn't tough. It wasn't it wasn't him who was doing this, it was God. There was something going on. When the going gets tough, the faithful are going to follow God. Elijah had given up. He sat down and prayed to die. Prayed to die. But God had to touch him before he was ready to move.
1: Mm. No,
0: that's an angel coming and going. Hey, Elijah. Wake up. Servant Series and the Touching someone. He had to touch him. He had to get him away. He had to get him ready. He said, okay, Elijah, Elijah, get ready. But God doesn't expect us to move in our own strength. He could have said, Elijah, get up and get going. That's not what he did, did he? He said, Elijah, get up and eat and drink. Elijah was in the middle of nowhere. He was not sleeping in the McDonald's parking lot. He was in the middle of nowhere and there was hot bread and water waiting for him. God miraculously provided something for him. He didn't say, get up and move, Elijah. Do it on your own. God doesn't expect for us to move an hour straight. He doesn't say just bustle through it. He allowed Elijah to go back to sleep. Get up and eat and drink. And Elijah goes back to sleep. And he left. He left. And you know, the second time, He doesn't even really say, Elijah, get up and go. He says, get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. I truly believe that if Elijah needed to stay there longer, God would let him stay there longer. God
1: doesn't expect us to muscle through. He expects us to fully rely on Him.
0: up and eat and drink. Because if you don't, the journey's going to be too hard. Take in what you need. And then Elijah got up. He got up and he went to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. You know, here's that song title again, The God of the Mountain is still God in the valley. That's the second time <laughs> That's happened to us. Uh, can't sing a special on that same day when I mentioned that song the second time. But it's true. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley, He was still there in the midst of. We still struggle in the battle. There are still times when the ends don't meet. There are still times when I don't get what I want. I have to settle for what I need. There are still times when the devil tries everything he can do to work against you. To keep you from doing the things that God would have you to do and to keep you from feeling victorious. Here's, here's my TMI moment for the day. The devil does that to me every Sunday. I have IBS. You may know what IBS is. I have irritable bowel syndrome. And I have what I call Sunday stomach. And it only happens on Sunday. No other day does it happen. But my stomach will just be churning all day long. I can get up early in the morning. I've tried everything. I'll get up early in the morning. i got up this morning at 5 o'clock. 4.45 time. So that was 3.45 technically. I got up this morning. Thinking if I get up early enough, by the time 11 o'clock gets here, my stomach won't be churning anymore. Now, i doesn't matter. I won't eat. I've tried not eating. That doesn't work. I've tried eating early enough. That doesn't work. I've tried coffee. That doesn't, well, (laughs) coffee makes me feel good, but it doesn't help. i tried not drinking coffee. Nothing works.
1: The devil, every Sunday morning, I will get up and I'm
0: just like, okay.
1: This morning, it's not going to happen,
0: Jesus. And the devil goes, yes, it is. I'll sit here in this pew until about 10, 20, 11, 20. And then I'll get up. And the most amazing thing happens when I begin to read God's Word. The devil shrinks back and it's not there anymore. That's the way it works. There was a, a retired pastor in Vernon who uh, had the pleasure of doing some funerals with near the end of his life and he struggled greatly with Parkinson's. And uh, he'd get up there in the pulpit and he'd be talking and he's doing this because of the Parkinson's. And then he would pray. Father God, it just every time. Every time. The devil was trying to keep his message away, but every time when we proclaim the name of Jesus, when we proclaim the Word of God, doors open. It
1: just happens.
0: It's amazing. Maybe today you're in the valley. Maybe today you have been struggling with one of the greatest battles you have ever had to struggle with. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's employment related. Maybe it's health related. Maybe it's something else. You're just struggling through the greatest battle and you don't know where to go. Well, guess what? When the going gets tough, the faithful follow God. God will open a door. He will walk with you through it. One of my favorite poems is Footprints. We all know Footprints, right? One of my favorite little funny cartoons that goes along with that was, you know, where the guy's walking along with Jesus and he said, Jesus, I understand that when there's only one... Pair of footprints, that's when you're carrying me. But what are those long grooves in the sand? That's when I you kicking and screaming. That's, you know, that sometimes has to happen. Because sometimes we're going through those valleys and we're going through those hard times and we do not want to stop. We don't want to do this. No, God, don't make me go. But God says, come on. And God always sends someone to walk with you. Last time that I know God drugged me was the day I went to the funeral home for my mama's view. You know how many funerals I've done in my lifetime? You know how 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 old hat that should have been to me, you would think. But I walked to that door and I stopped and my knees buckled and I could not go in, and I said, God, don't make me go. And in the next moment, my mom's last remaining brother was standing behind me and grabbed me by the elbows and said, come on boy, we gotta go. God doesn't leave you in the valley. He doesn't leave you walking through those times alone. God wants to take you from the valley back to the mountains. He wants to take you back to a place of victory. And so if you are struggling this morning in the valley, it's time to say, Jesus, I'm done doing it on my own. Take me where you want me to go. Maybe this morning you just want to pray. Altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to sort of to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. And maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as yourself. Maybe you've never taken the steps to say, I want to know him. Now's the time. Just one on the outside, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and we'll go from there. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tonight. We're promised right now, this moment. If you don't know Jesus, come and know him today. But wherever you're at, whatever your need, to him, would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.